This is a pre-recorded version of the WTKA Roundtable <laughs> on WTKA, unsurprisingly, 9 o'clock Thursdays. It is recorded, however, so if you call in, no one will answer. back folks here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTKA online at WTK.com Sam Webb, Mr. Ira Weintraub on the other side and joining us as they do for the MGO blog roundtable every single week normally in the 9 o'clock hour but we had to accommodate one Mr. Blake Corum who's coming on at 9.30 but we always got to get our roundtable fill in right? We can't go without the roundtable. Not a single second less and so they said, okay, we'll do that, Sam. We'll come on at 8.30. And joining us now, two-thirds of the crew joins us. Brian Cook's going to join us a little later, has to get the kids off to the bus. But joining us, as they do every single week, uh, the other two members of the crew, starting off with Seth Fisher. Seth, good morning. How are you? Morning, Sam. I'm, how come Blake can't just join the roundtable? I mean, he's more than welcome to. I would love get to hear rid of, opinions. Get rid of Brian. Get rid of Brian. Put, put Blake in. Be we can just start out. Just, just, you know, it's Michigan. Everybody can be a starter, right? Everybody eats. So we'll have Brian a little bit. We'll have Blake a little bit. We just, you know, we'll use them both, and they'll both stay fresh. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Blake on the round table would actually be pretty cool. Actually be pretty cool. Maybe we'll, we'll bring him. Maybe we can work that. Maybe we can work that. Morgan on the round table. How about that? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Are you Absolutely. allowed to have two guys from West Bloomfield? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can make it happen. We can make it happen. So, uh, young Maj is uh, is going to be making the media rounds here uh, in the coming days, weeks, and years, I think. But Craig Ross is the other voice that you heard. Craig, good morning. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Two things from this week that struck me or I noticed. One was, I don't know if you saw this, Sam, but Alejandro was quoted in the New York Times yesterday talking about Mr. Brightside uh, and the cure and how the New York Times found this very curious that the Michigan fan. And uh, so I asked David about that and he came up with why it was a completely logical song. I, I found the analogy to be somewhat strained, but in any event, I, I was happy to see this. You know, I wish the New York Times would call me about music and I would tell them that Neil Diamond wrote five of the 10 worst songs ever written, and some of them get played in Michigan Stadium. But in any event, you know, you're Craig, I I haven't said this before, but you're one of the most eclectic guys I know. You know that? Eclectic? Yes, yes, you are. Just your range of of interest and topics and knowledge is impressive. Uh, what What my wife says, if it's not important, I know it. (laughs) <laughs> if it is important, I don't. And, you know, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And, and, and the other thing that, that, that I noticed, and this is from you, Sam, is that I've always liked Al Borges. I liked him when he was a coach. Uh, you know, I sent him a note once about how time of possession was garbage and as a stat. And he called me at like 8 a.m. to argue with me about this. And he was, a, he was a coach at the time. And I thought, now this is pretty cool. You're wrong, Al. But, you know, it's pretty cool that a coach would actually go out of his way to just call a fan and argue with him about a construct. And I found him, I went to a number of his coaching clinics. I always liked him, found him to be a very open and generous man, uh, kind person. And however, who knew he was such a heartthrob? <laughs> and and I think you know what 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 Al is proving is that there's hope for all of us, Sam. There's hope for all of us, and 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 Al's ability to uh, connect with women. Don't you think that's true? I, I was shocked. I was amazed. Now you know Al is 
Yeah, I mean, Al can dance. Al can Not sing. Real. Yeah, and even because he, he has beautiful wife, Susan, I was like, man, how does she... She took pity on this guy, but I don't think so anymore. I don't think so, no. I don't think so anymore because we were doing this slippery noodle deal and the ladies were up at the... At, this is not a made-up story. Okay. There were three ladies who came up to the mic and they said, is Coach Borges here? Is Coach <laughs> Borges here? And I said, he's over there. Al, come on. Al's coming up. They're taking pictures with him. And Coach Borges, we love you. And we, we watch your film. We watch your film study. We're learning so much about football. I'm, thinking, I, I'm in the twilight zone right now. <laughs> Al has groupies. Al Borges has groupies. Can you believe it? No, I understand. I get it, actually. Because, you know, and... and the fact that he stayed in Ann Arbor and has become a really important part of the community is, is, is quite wonderful. Um, so yep. shout out to, to, to my, my guy, Al Borges. Hey man, he, he already has a big head. We're making it bigger. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's get into, Oh, Brian Cook. Come yeah. on, Brian Cook. How you doing? You going Good. to the Rose Bowl, Brian? Yes. See, see me too. Going. All going. I know you're doing well because you're going to the yeah. Rose Bowl, man. Yeah. Good morning, my friend. We were just about to start getting into the game. So let's start with you since we already exchanged pleasantries with the other guys. Michigan winning the Big Ten championship 26 to nothing. And you know, the feeling is absence from a lot of fans. Ah, you know, we kind of done that before, kind of thing. But I, I found myself enjoying it more this year, given all the circumstances. I don't know about you, but what did you your takeaways from that game? Well, I mean, the Ohio State game was really the the piece of resistance of the season. So, like, coming down off that, and you're playing a team that really doesn't have a chance, and you're not, like, just dump-trucking them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is kind of like a step back. But I think it's a needed step back, because I just couldn't be at that intensity level any longer. <laughs> I just needed... I needed 26 to nothing, right? Like 26 to three is not acceptable. <laughs> like 26 to nothing is like, all right, let's just like, all right, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to bring it down. And I was the perfect team to bring it down with. Cause you don't need to do anything fancy. Just get an 87 yard punt return. <laughs> and then you're done. You just get to like, kind of like glide through the rest of the game. And that was what I needed. So I appreciate that. Yeah, that, yep. that pretty much sums it up. Young Samaj Morgan, who I just that's I, I love to do. I love to do. I love his fire, love his intensity. You know, they I love that Jim Harbaugh gave him a chance to get back on the mic after last week. I know we're skipping steps, but I can't. I, I just found that to be, you know what? They're coaching this dude. They obviously <laughs> have told him there's a way you have to have to be want you to be yourself but you know there's certain things you can't say Maj. come on man you can't do that you, you, <laughs> no, this. No. you can't do that no but we're gonna give you another opportunity the next week to a return punts when you haven't done that all season and i'm gonna put you on not just you know get on with karsh and jansen and the local crew i'm gonna put you on fox the national broadcast <laughs> yeah one week later i, I was I like. I was like just envisioning the guy with the dump button in the back, being like, "Okay, here we go." <laughs> but he handled it just fine. When the when the sideline reporter asked him like what uh, Harbaugh said, and he said, "Great job, kid." I was like, "Is is I've I watched that like seven times." <laughs> just the idea of Samaj Morgan interacting with Jim Harbaugh is like a buddy cop comedy from the seventies, and I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's yeah, I mean it was uh that was a big part of my enjoyment in that game. But fellas, uh let's let's move around the round table. Craig, your takeaways from that game. Well, it the game was probably over at three nothing, and I'm not sure that's an exaggeration. Um the over under on this, incidentally, in Vegas, I don't know if you saw this, for how many points uh, Iowa would score in the game was one half. That was the that, first half. That was the, the, oh, it was only the, first, the first half. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So you Still. could and, and <laughs> you can even money on Iowa not scoring a single point in the first half. Yeah, and uh, it, most of the money was on the on the over. So Vegas won money on this one, or the book did well on this. Uh, so 
Yeah, they just their their offense is inert. The Michigan defense is really really good, especially against uh, a quarterback who's not at this point very accomplished. Um, so the game went how you thought. I mean, I think we were all as fans a little disappointed in the in the Michigan offensive showing. I mean the. Brian, I, I want to ask you this one. The first, I think, two plays of the game, uh, the first one was an insert with Loveland, I think, and uh, Blake went, I expect it's how it's drawn up, behind Loveland. He gained about four or five yards, but the left side had created a massive crease, I thought, and then the next time, the same thing happened. Uh, it was a slightly different play, but but there was a crease on the weak side between uh, Henderson and and uh, Keegan. And I wonder how if you have an instinct on how difficult it is for a running back to hit that versus uh, versus the play play side of the of well, the, if if the play call is actually an ISO and we've seen Michigan has a very subtle counter to this that he scored on against Ohio State like you're and the and the actual at the actual gap that you're supposed to hit is right. open. You're going to hit the gap, right? Like, like cutting away from that is always a, a plan B. Um, so, you know, I just think that Michigan went into this game and they knew one thing is that if they didn't turn the ball over, they were going to win. So that's why mm -hmm. you see JJ McCarthy throw a billion passes that are about six yards each. Right. Cause you know, that's underneath the coverage. And as long as you move the change, you kick some field goals, you're going to win this game. And then the two opportunities that they had kind of downfield were drops. So Michigan has a third and 13 where he hits Barner to convert and set up first and goal from about the four, which is a drop. And then right before the half, he's got Colson Loveland on a catch and run that might get down to the 20 ish. Yeah. Uh, and that's just a straight drop too. So, I mean, to me, Michigan made a couple mistakes in this game that made it feel like their offense wasn't really clicking. But if you go back and look at it, I mean, they were just methodical about it. They weren't going to try to take the top off. They weren't going to put the ball in harm's way. There was the one throw that almost got picked off, but that was just a bad throw. Like, Loveland was open, and it's about three yards behind him, and that's the kind of thing you can't do against Iowa. And I think that play kind of demonstrates why Michigan had the, the game plan they did. Because it was like, let's get out of here. Nobody gets injured. No turnovers. And we went. And that was exactly what happened. A, a couple other questions along these lines. One is, you know, why, I mean, why are we not seeing the ball in Donovan's hands on some of the short passing, uh, short passing game? It looked like three or four times he, he was, you know, five yards, seven yards in front of the linebacker. And, I mean, they they were leaving that. Seth, it wasn't, you might have talked about yeah, that. Yeah, it's not high on J.J.'s priority tree because what Michigan was doing was they were getting a look at the coverage. So they get some guys in motion. Mm -hmm. They figure out which coverage they're in. They see where I was leaving you because they, they love to play zone. And then he just read that one guy and hit it. They were not looking for long shots. And so they weren't really reading the side. That in that, I, mean, I actually to. agree with Craig is that, like, the if this is your style, then you should be looking up Donovan Edwards. That's what I yeah. have questioned. Like, yeah. and there was a number of plays where they would play, actually play man, and Donovan Edwards would be split out, and then he'd have a linebacker, and they wouldn't go after it. I know they were playing two man, so they've got two safeties back there, but I'm still taking that whole shot, right? Because oh, yeah. yeah, like you you want to ask that safety, can you get over on Donovan Edwards? You want to ask that linebacker, can you actually cover him? And they would motion him back into the backfield. And then one of the more frustrating things is what would happen is that he would leak out, but then he would just stand there. Yeah. And I'm like, we have to have better action for Donovan Edwards, whether that's an angle route or the NFL is running this like mesh thing where the, the mesh target is actually the running back. Like it just feels like they haven't emphasized getting him the ball in the, in the past game. And then now they got a month yeah. and they got the ability to go and self-scout and see what they haven't taken advantage of this year. And hopefully by the time we get to the Bama game, they'll be better able to take advantage of the receiving aspect of Donovan Edwards game. Cause that's something that 
we saw really early in his career. Like he had 170 yards in his first big breakout game against Maryland, but it's been drips and drabs from there. We haven't tried a wheel route to him this year. And I'm, we haven't, what's worse is not that they haven't hit him, is that they haven't tried it and they haven't used the overreaction of the defense to get other guys open underneath that. So, I mean, I feel like that's a major opportunity for Michigan in this game against Alabama because their linebackers are not great in coverage. That's what, you know, Vance was on this morning or was uh, with Sam, uh, played this morning with Sam, and that's what he thought. I mean, he was talking about Loveland against their linebackers, Mm -hmm. and I can see that, but I see Donovan against their linebackers as even a bigger opportunity for Michigan. Yes. I mean, what uh, th- they're not yeah. using him as his receiver. They're using him as like a slot guy sometimes. So w- mm-hmm. one of the things I they you know they finally did come back to him and, and did dump it off to him and they got ten yards out of it on like a second and four. But the, what Brian was talking about earlier when they motion him in and you see you've got man coverage. The second time they did that, they saw it. They scouted that. They realized, okay, we got man coverage on him. Let's use this. And they had him going um, running across the formation. And then going into a, a a bubble screen, but that's not him. Bubble screen is not what you do with Donovan Edwards. That's what you do with like Samaj Morgan, right? But it's he's that's he's not like excellent at that stop start. Let's find the right gap kind of thing, setting up blocks. That's not what he does. What he does is he just beats you, right? If you are a linebacker, you cannot stick around. You can't stick with him. Safeties cannot stick with him. And if you could just get him running downfield, running fast in a direction. Like you would with like you know they don't know how to use Roman Wilson that way. You got to use Edwards the same exact way, and I think that they've been doing these bubble screen kind of things with him, which is just not the usage of him. Well, I mean, the ideal I think is that stick route he ran against Michigan State last year, mm-hmm. where he's got windmen on him, and it's just like there's no chance. Yeah. <laughs> like whichever way he goes, he's winning that route, and he picks the correct way, of course, and he's open by six yards. Um, and I think he can do that against just about anybody. And there are some weak points in the Bama defense, mostly defensive tackle and linebacker. And I think defensive tackle is something that Michigan is going to be able to take advantage of because they're Michigan. And my concern is that they're not going to do enough getting after those linebackers in the past game because we've seen a reticence to run play action. We've seen um, a reticence to use Donovan Edwards. Now, they did do a great job getting Colson Loveland and Barner the ball against Ohio State so there is that and I think we'll continue to see that and we saw that in this game too like if Loveland and Barner make their catches it's like a totally different game and we haven't seen that kind of inconsistency from them catching the ball all year so I feel like that's just a fluke and that's the kind of thing that you can't do against Iowa if you want to like put up a flashy number well they also had a play action in the first quarter uh, might have been about the only one in the game yeah, I think it was uh, to Loveland. And Loveland was wide open, and he threw yes. it like four yards over his head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a couple of things mm-hmm. that you guys uh, touched on, the the two drops, the one to the one by AJ, the one by Colston, which never freaking happens with Colston. Yeah. Then you talk about the play pass shot that he had. That, that was just another – that was a bad throw. You just missed him. Yeah. I, it just I, I got the feeling like like Brian where they were like, like look we the, if we don't make any mistakes we get out of here comfortably yeah and they fell into that mode now I haven't talked to to anyone to know that that for sure was the the mindset but one play pass there we know that's in the in the arsenal it's been been absent a good deal here for the last month uh, for whatever reason but we know that that is an arsenal that they want ran one play pass in this game, to me, was glaring. And it screamed, that let's just get out of here. But to your point about Donovan, listen, I, I think to the extent that you can that you can game plan double-digit touches in whatever variety, whatever way you do it, uh, whether you uh, whether it's giving him multiple carries in the series, to, he's, he's a rhythm player. And I think that's a big deal, trying to make sure that he gets in 12 touches. However, you you get that done, and we've seen him. Everything that we just talked about, they they he he's run option routes, he's run Texas, he runs wheels. I mean, he, all of it is in the arsenal, and so you hope that, or I hope that in this month time that that is that is part of the menu as much as 
getting healthy. I, I think that is a, a really big deal for this team uh, as well, to, to really do everything they want to do at the level that they want to do it. They need to be way healthier than they were here the last month of the season. Yeah. One other th- question for you guys is, and this may be gratifying for Brian, is that I, I thought Trente held up, held up really well in this game. Uh, at least I, I watched him closely in the in the first quarter. I haven't watched the whole tape yet, but I, I you know, his pass pro looked pretty solid, which I had concerns about. But was you know, he held up well. I thought. I mean, have you wa- charted him or watched him closely I, enough yet? I haven't charted him yet, yeah. but you know, whenever he gets in, he moves people. Yeah. His mistakes are minimal. The only thing I would say is that, you know, Iowa this year does not have a Van Ness. They don't have a guy who's really yeah. going to test your edge pressure. And Alabama has two guys who are elite. So, you know, I would I would still say that's an open question. Okay. So the Bama defense has two amazing strengths, and they have a secondary that is top to bottom, probably the best in the country. And they have two excellent edge rushers. So Michigan is probably going to have to – attack the middle of that defense in every way they could imagine because, you know, they are going to get a couple of things when they are able to hit holes in zones or scheme up something where they are able to defeat man coverage. But, you know, one-on-one, this is going to be the biggest challenge of, of the season in terms of throwing the ball. Okay. I remember looking at one of those guys in the, <laughs> when he was the freshman, when he, sorry, in high school. Uh, Dallas Turner is one of the edge rushers that Alabama has, and mm-hmm. you know he he was playing with McBurrows and Jaden Hood at uh like was it Aquinas, and I was just like, oh man, every time the every time I watched film on either one of those guys when I was doing their write ups, I was like, oh man, if I could have gotten one recruit out of that class. <laughs> <laughs> well, so in the in the SEC championship game, Kool Aid McKinstry goes out, mm-hmm. and Terry and Arnold, who's their other cornerback, um, I I was. I mean, that guy was playing out of his mind and that's their second cornerback. <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's like if Michigan had Will Johnson and then next to Will Johnson, they had Will Johnson. So <laughs> they're, I mean, they have a couple of holes um, and they are holes that I think Michigan is, is well positioned to take advantage of. But I mean, this is a very talented team. Michigan's going to play. Yeah. One I like, thing I like that they have a month to get settled into this new line contingent. I like that they have a chance to get Barnhart, uh, not Barnhart, but uh, Nugent healthy. That was a big question mark whether he was going to play in this game. Okay. I mean, there are people, uh, you know, people on the team who's like, I don't know if he's going to play tomorrow, that <laughs> kind of thing. So the night before the game. So um, that's a that's a big deal. But to have Trente and Carson be able to get some reps over the course of a month, I, I'm 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 feeling like that's going to be very beneficial as they head into this uh, into this matchup coming up here against Bama. I'm also curious what you guys think, because I want to, before we get to a break, I want to get your thoughts on the defensive uh, side. I know Iowa doesn't present any challenges uh, offensively, but, man, to see Mike St. Ristol go out and have the kind of game that he had, I, I just, I think it's, it's about time that people start to, not Michigan people, but people outside of Michigan start to realize, man, this dude is really good, like yeah. really, really good. And I keep having to say that because I, I thought he was going to be a good player, but I actually, when, when, when uh, Steve Klinkscale mentioned it to me, uh, the, the off season before uh, what 22 before last year, I was like, man, come on. Like he was like, we aren't gonna have any fallout from Dax, and I think that's just something you say, right? That, you know, <laughs> that's just something you say when you know you're you're hyping up. It's, it's coming out of practice. Is you know you're real you're fired up and that whole thing. And and so I, you know, I questioned it, and I questioned it to him. I'm not saying anything here that I didn't say to him privately. I was like, stop it, dude. Yeah, I don't buy it. He was right, and so I'm not gonna just you know I. Take it on to give the man his credit. He said, we're going to be fine. We're going to be more than fine. And he was absolutely right about Mikey Sainrist. What what position was was he playing, too? Because, like, you were talking about at that point when you are talking to him, he was moving from wide receiver over to slot. And you're like, okay, now we got a position switch starter. This game, he was playing cornerback most of the time, outside cornerback. And that's a position that he just recently picked up. And he is 
reading routes. He's jump. He's jumping and get. He almost has that interception. And then okay, but but it, Iowa, 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 Iowa. Yes, yes. But but <laughs> this is not Iowa because it was going to be twenty six three if they got if they get a field goal or if they they might have gone for it on fourth and one. But he comes down, and most guys just give up the first down on that. He comes down, he knocks the ball out, he causes that fumble, and that's why Iowa – it's the only time Iowa had a chance of scoring. We had that weird punt that got set them at the 40, right? And then they, they get close, and they get to, like, the 32, and he knocks it out right there. And, like, that's just a – he's just a playmate. He's just a – whenever you need something out of St. Rastilli, you got it. I mean, how much do we need a second cornerback? And Will Johnson's not playing in this game, and all of a sudden he can play cornerback. Yeah, I mean, uh, he he was remarkably good, even though it was against Iowa. Fair point, and uh, and the uh, and I do think people nationally are 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 beginning to understand. And my guess is he's going to get drafted. And yeah. and and well, I there's don't no think, question. Yeah, someone's going like, to. Yeah, Dane go Brugler at midseason had an article about guys who don't really fit the mold but are rising up draft boards. And I think Sanderson has a chance to be a day two pick. Yeah. Like he's probably third round, not second. But, I mean, people are looking at what he's doing. Who he is as a person. Like after that game, you know, he's talking to Mark Ingram and he finishes speaking. And Mark Ingram is like, oh, you polished. (laughs) And I was like, yes, sir. Yes, he is. (laughs) Running for office at some time in the distant future. (laughs) I love Mark Ingram, by the way. It's not just because he's a Flint guy. I just love to do it. Mark Ingram actually does his homework before he shows up, unlike Reggie Bush. (laughs) He does the job. How about that? That's that's a Flint guy for you. Thanks, I appreciate you. We got to get Mark Ingram on the show, too. We talking about all these guests we're getting. We're going to try to get Samaj Morgan on the roundtable for some of these shows, right? Blake Corum coming up at 930, by the way. Yeah, how how is Blake Corum more important than us, Sam? Come on, does he does he do the charting? <laughs> what is, uh, who is more Michigan fan, Sam? <laughs> Don't answer that. Don't answer that. <laughs> we got to get to a break. More roundtable on the other side here on Michigan Insider on Sports Talk Ten Fifty WTK the Ticket, the official voice of University of Michigan Sports Ann Arbor Accumulus Station. Clear so off my boy. They offered McCulley. They offered McCulley. They did. They did. Yeah, there we go. They've yeah. offered three guys, haven't they? Is that right? Uh, McCulley, the kid the, from the DT from Penn, and the DT from Penn, and Slack two from Western Kentucky. What's yeah, his they, name? They're going in oh, on that uh, the offensive tackle from oh, uh, the, 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 the or, A&M guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bistidus, yeah. I just, I just kind of ri- r- wrote off everybody who went to A&M is like, okay, that's not a fit. Like, yeah. that's not, nah, yeah. I'm hearing they're in there. I'm hearing they're right. in there on, on that one. Now, yeah, I mean, if you're offensive lineman, of course you got to look at Michigan. You look at what? Yeah, sure. These last you know, guys. Uh, so like, I don't know, here's what I don't know. I don't know how much you always got to f- kind of feel out how much of a factor NIL is going to be. Especially with an AM guy, so I don't know that, but yeah. there's definitely interest, uh, mutual interest there. Yeah, there's all these guys on the message board talking about Walter Nolan. I'm like, come on, man, that's just never. So happened. the interesting yeah. thing about yeah. uh, about Walter, and I got to talk to his dad uh, again today. Uh, when I checked yesterday, he he wasn't in the portal yet. Uh-huh. Like he he wasn't officially in the portal, from what I could tell, uh, people I talked to. So I'll check again. With his dad, when I talked to his dad the other day, he said, uh, I think he is <laughs> kind of thing. So I at that point, I was like, okay, there, there's some I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed. But if and when that happens, he said, there's definitely interest in Michigan. And I think that interest will be mutual, but you got to figure out how much of how much of a factor NIL will be in there. So yeah, and they but they can't offer him a starting job either, right? Like like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I they guess cannot. they could offer him a starting job, but yeah, they cannot. Just like, it, I mean, it's it's kind of like the the Dante Moore thing. It's like, okay, JJ might come back. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Michigan's <laughs> in an odd spot with quarterback because they really can't offer anyone for a while. Is that you know? Until well, they January. can offer they can offer a guy like Moore, who's coming off a freshman year, has could redshirt next year if JJ comes yeah. back developmental guy like 
that's that's the kind of guy that they can get. They're not going to get Cam Ward because right. Cam Ward's a one and done, and right. he's obviously going to start somewhere. So, yeah, but it puts Michigan in an odd, odd spot if JJ does decide to go. And my understanding is he isn't even really thinking about it from our or he's not talking about talking it. That's about for sure. Thinking well, about it and talking about it. He, yeah, he, he's yeah. not talking about it for sure. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is like, so they have like four potential sixth year guys on the offensive line. And like how many of those guys are going to be back next year? Because if Trent A. Hinton and uh, Barnhart. Barnhart are back next year with Nugent, then you just plug in a guard and you don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. And then you're done. But, you know, if some of those guys move on, then you might really need a guy in the portal. Well, and I don't well, think the Tech AM guy is a plug and play starter. Yeah. Because he started for them last year as a true freshman, but he wasn't good. Like, yeah. He was well, good. Well, you know, it seems like Barnhart should come back because he'll get the opportunity to play guard, which is probably his best spot because I don't think he's an NFL tackle. But he might be. Who knows? He might might have some yeah, value. I think as he's an NFL, NFL center. Because I mean, because okay. well, he's out or, there. Because he's supposed to be smart. Well, I don't know. He he yeah. he he's not. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't have the length and the to, to right. play tackle in the NFL, and he gets you know whipped a little bit at Michigan. But at guard, he's not like super duper strong either. Like that's not what his game is either. Like I think that they like about him is that he gets everybody in the right spot. And they got centers coming out of their ears. You know, they got Crippen. They got, you know, Anderson down there. They, they got plenty Anderson, of centers. Yeah. But uh, I yeah. I would guess that he, if he's got an NFL career, that he's probably going to be able to tell them he can play any position. And that's, you know, you got to mm-hmm. carry a, a six lineman who can just fill in anywhere. Because as the Lions have shown you this year, right, any moment you could have, you know, three guys go out at the same time. And then all of a sudden you're – no, you're only carrying a 55-man roster. And for yeah. the same reasons, it seems like Trente should be back. I oh. mean, yeah, I mean, he's got he has an opportunity here to prove himself and and to find find himself a job. And well, the only, I mean, the yeah. thing is, is like, is Trente frustrated? Would Trente hit the portal? Like, because I mean, he got passed over for guys who I don't think perform as well as he does. So. Sometimes guys are just like, I'm never going to get a fair shake here. I got to go somewhere else to start. That's my concern. Not that he'll leap to the yeah. league. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think if I think if um, if you talk to, I have not had this discussion. I, I just think it that whole thing has been more than more than just about the the competition. You know, I, I just think there's more to that sense. story. Makes sense. Yeah, we we've we've seen the TikTok stuff. So mm-hmm. so so yeah. Uh, I haven't. I don't even know what TikTok is. <laughs> stay, stay like that, Greg. It's, it's, it's good for you. It's good. Okay. It keeps you healthy. <laughs> so, no, but Brian's point about Walter Nolan is is what I'm getting at is they, it, it would be the same deal as the the Dante Moore thing. It's like, look, there is not a starting spot. Are you interested if there's not a starting spot? Back on radio in about 30 seconds, guys. Because that that's what it is. And Dante Moore is interested, even if it's not a starting spot. Would would that be the case for Walter Nolan? We we got to get there. I mean, you're uh, going to play half the snaps, right? Mm-hmm. So because they got that, new, to your point. Yeah, yeah I mean, th- but like maybe playing half the snaps is even better because it's like okay, I'm going to be fresh for every snap. My PFF grade is going to be off the charts. I mean, sure. but Walter Nolan's been there for two years. Well, I'm back right? on radio, you guys. Stand by. So you got a credit transfer issue with Nolan. <laughs> Back on radio in five, four, three. And we are back, folks, here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTKA online at WTK.com. Sam Webb, Mr. Ira Weintraub on the other side. Now, this is the time where we normally start the roundtable with the crew from MGO Blog. This today, though, is a special circumstance where we are continuing the roundtable because we started it early because one Mr. Blake Corum is coming on at 9.30 to talk about his toy drive. This is their off week, and he and, I don't know, it's like half his teammates are going to be doing this toy drive on on Saturdays, guys. And I, I, I just, I think that is so, so fitting with what this team, yeah, I, I just think it, it's, it's indicative of the kind of the, 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 the priorities, the, the uh, the sentiment, the mentality 
the connectedness of this team, all the things that you want to see in a squad. Uh, yeah, we see them on the field, but fellas, we see them off the field as well. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the great things about this team is that, uh, I, you know, Brandon Dorado has like a no bad dudes kind of thing. Oh, only good dudes. And that's what this football team feels like. And it's been a, it's been a joy to root for him. And that's one of the reasons that this whole sign gate thing was so upsetting is like, you know, take some stuff away from Blake Corum, from mm-hmm. JJ McCarthy, from Mike Barrett, from Mike Sainer still. It was unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Fellas. And there's a rumor that Blake taught Sam how to drive a tractor. I know that's how- not true. That's I knew not how to true. drive a tractor before Blake Corum was born. All right. I, I grew up on skid steers and backhoes. And All right. Well, that's what he not. told me. He said that you, he taught you how to drive a tractor. Funny story. You know, my mom, when she was at Michigan, she uh-huh. said she was walking across campus one day. And this was before the MLB. My mom's old. <laughs> so, sorry, Ma. Uh, She's younger the, than I am. So. Yeah, the, the MLB building was being built. And she was walking across campus. And she said, she heard, hey, Charlene. And it was my granddad on the, on the backhoe digging the hole for the MLB building. Back in the day. So, man, I, I grew up on construction vehicles. So anyway, that's right. I'll, I'll get into that with Blake a little bit later on. But fellas, this this playoff field, you talked a little bit about Alabama already. Do you think the, the committee got it right? No. 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 You don't no. think the committee got no. it right? No. Not no. Wrong. no. No. I mean, the right thing to do is put Florida State at three, put Texas at four. It's an easy question, Sam. Did they get it right in 1973? No. And am I still mad about it? Yes. Let me me phrase the question different. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I ask you, did they get the four most deserving teams? We're not going with no, no, no. No. You only ask if they got the best teams, and you did not. Or did they get the best teams? Because your record is not what people think, what Vegas is going to think. Your record is not what, you know. Some talking head on ESPN thinks you're going to be. You're rec- what? I mean, how good you are is what you've done this season. They've never ever done the best teams. They put Cincinnati in the playoff. Was right. Cincinnati one of the four best teams? Yeah, that's no. a joke. Was Michigan State one of the four best yeah, teams? That's a joke. Hell no. <laughs> I mean, they've never done this. They've always say they do it, but they never actually do it until this snub of Florida State. They have always picked the four most deserving teams, flat out. The end. Yeah, 100% agree with this. 100% Brian's right. Ended up in a situation where they literally could not put an SEC team in, and they decided to do it anyway. And Jordan Travis's injury is just a a fig leaf. It's not actually why they left him out. They didn't leave him out because the SEC is like, oh, we can't leave out the SEC. This conference is 7-9 and against other Power 5 conferences in non-conference play. We can't leave them out. Yeah, I, I, look, two of those losses were to FSU, by the way. Left Georgia out. I'm shocked that we don't see two SEC teams in there. But I'm, I'm, I, mean, I want to dig into – so you guys, right – let's set the committee aside. Yeah. Set okay. Brian and Craig, you believe that right now Florida State is one of the four best teams yes. left. Not, that's, not what, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. What I'm saying is that you played the games. And if the games matter, Alabama's not in because they lost to Texas, you got to put Texas in, and then you have an undefeated Power Five conference champion that beat LSU worse than Alabama beat LSU, and then they beat Florida. They beat two SEC teams, and I don't care that their third-string quarterback only threw for 55 yards against Louisville. Their third-string quarterback isn't going to play in the bowl game because their second-string guy is going to come back. So I mean, yeah, this is exactly right. I mean, it's so much like Michigan in 1973, and all Michigan fans were pissed about it, and rightfully so. And so all fans should be pissed, pissed about about this. Uh, and I am. Uh, this is wrong. Uh, L, uh, FSU should be in. And who you pick for the fourth team? I don't know. I don't care. Probably Texas anyway, because they beat Alabama. It's got to be Texas. Florida. Yeah, it's got to be. Florida yeah. State is not just Jordan. Jordan Travis is is a good quarterback, but he's also like the system works around him. But it, you people saying that like Florida State is such a worse team than Alabama without Jordan Travis are just wrong Look, because. What Any of us could throw it to Deion Coleman, and he would go get the ball. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it, you, yeah. you don't need to be very accurate. Yes. Just like, all right, Keon's still there somewhere. 
We're just going to hurl the ball. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, they got and their defense is Earth. great. I mean, they, yeah. they have an outstanding defense, and it is, I think, the biggest outrage in the history of college athletics, at least in terms of things that happen on uh, the field. Except for Seingate. I mean, but the, like this, not, nothing this bad has ever happened to a team that went undefeated, uh, won its conference championship. Nothing. There's nothing comparable. Every Florida State fan alive is going to take this to their grave. Yes. What what happened to the O four? What happened to, to Borges's uh Auburn Borges team? Auburn. They they, they were on probation. <laughs> they were not eligible for the postseason, I thought. I can't I can't remember the circumstance that led led I, to them denying uh, that was that, I mean uh, that was USC being pageanted and that was you know and and that's how the EP worked back then. You know, it's it's funny that people remember these things as what changed. Like, oh, that's that's what caused them to go to a 14 playoff. And then when they go back to where the BCS was, like, oh, Michigan, Nebraska, 97 is why they went to a BCS. It wasn't. They already made the change. And people are going to remember this. I think in 25 years, people are going to think that this is why they went to a 12 team playoff, even though we all know right now that it's not true. But I just want to go back to this. Alabama almost lost to Auburn. Should have lost to Auburn. Just two weeks I think ago. almost doesn't really do enough justice there. They had a fourth and thirty-one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so ninety-four. It says that. Uh, yeah, they went to Sugar Bowl. All in, right. In, in yeah. So I can't remember. The, there I'm were, sure there I'm, were three undefeated teams, and only two of them could go into the BCS. So someone was going to be pissed off at the end of the day. <laughs> okay, but that, but that's like that was that was weird. Structurally, you can't accommodate yeah. that guy. You can't accommodate the third undefeated Power yeah, Five right. team. Right. Now you can, and you just chose not to. Yeah. And it's not like they so, played a week non-conference or anything like that. Like, everything you needed to do to check the box to get into the, into the playoff, Florida State did. And then to just put in Alabama and then be like, oh, everyone knows Alabama's the better team. No, they are not. They almost well, have they should we have lost seen, to Auburn. Have, have we seen a circumstance where, where injury played into – into the postseason equation, have we seen a well, circumstance? Like- yeah, <laughs> Not, yeah. Nineteen seventy-three, Michigan. Dennis see, Rodman. all the I'm old guys are still mad. This is your future, mad. FSU fans. You're going to be Craig Ross in talking- forty years. I'm only yeah. talking about in the playoff era. Have we seen uh, a, a circumstance I mean, where there's an, a serious or significant injury or departure, coaching departure, to take into take into account, and no. they discount I mean, they, it? I mean. The only other comparable situation was Ohio State with Cardale Jones. And in that Big Ten championship game, they beat Wisconsin like 800 to nothing. Specifically so, the committee couldn't say, oh, you got a backup quarterback, get out. And Florida State didn't do the same thing. They probably couldn't should have tried. I don't know if their true freshman backup third-string quarterback yeah. was more likely to score a bunch of points or give up the game. I mean that's but Cardell Jones was a third or fourth year player if I recall recall correctly. Like he wasn't a true freshman, but these days you're never going to have that kind of quarterback depth. I mean, to me it's just unconscionable. And honestly, if I was Jim Harbaugh and Florida State won their bowl game and Michigan won the national championship, when I accepted the trophy, I would say we're going to cut this in half and send it the other half to Florida State. Okay. All right. And, so you I know, interestingly, Harbaugh might be the only coach who would do that's that. That's the thing. Oh, Harbaugh might though. do that. Let's say yeah. Alabama beats Michigan and Washington and wins the national championship, or beats Washington, Michigan and Texas and wins the national championship. Florida State beats Georgia by more than uh, Alabama does. Who should be the national champion? The undefeated team with the win over Georgia, or the uh, the one loss team? Uh, that's a fair point. I would say Alabama shouldn't State. have should not have a path to, right. re- to win the national championship. Florida, Florida State. That happens. Florida State is the national champion. I'm with you. <laughs> so I knew I was going to hear from Borgie. He said they, Oklahoma and USC were wire to wire, number one and two, and then that's why Auburn got left out, and then Oklahoma went and got destroyed in the national championship game, 55 to 19. So uh, that was the the circumstance there. But again, what I keep going. They were laying it out, and it, it may have just been – it just may have been exp- explaining what they were always going to do before the fact, right? That, hey, you can – it says in our we, – we stipulated that you can consider injuries and departures as part of the criteria for assessing who the four best teams are. 
And They've I don't literally think, never done. I don't it think they're one of four best teams right now. I I don't. But but, but I don't. Think, but that has never mattered Georgia, before. I don't think that Georgia should be. If we're going with the four best teams, it's kind of flip side of the argument. Well, is should Georgia really be out? So if you're going to go full bore four best, where are the Bulldogs here? Um, yeah, they well, they lost. You know who to, go ahead. The f- number four team in SP plus is Ohio State. Penn State. Penn State. <laughs> Put them in. Penn State in the playoff. Three Big Ten teams. It's Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State, and Penn State. Just those don't are your James best teams, Franklin, according man. to the the state of the art and fancy sets. Hey, so so what? So a lot of people looking at this matchup with with nervousness and trepidation. I'm actually I'd rather face Alabama than what? Am I the only one who rather face Alabama than Washington? I think I'd rather Washington. face Alabama than Texas mm-hmm. because I think Texas was the team that was that should have been four. So Alabama, I mean, they beat Arkansas by three. That's a four and eight team. They beat AM by six. That's a five and seven team. They had an escape against six and six Auburn. They had that awful game against South Florida where they're up 17 to three. They, of course, lost to Texas by 10. And they were able to kind of piece it together and beat a Georgia team that hasn't really done a whole lot this year. Their non conference was Michigan level bad. They didn't play anybody in the regular season in the SEC. And they were always kind of struggling and then kind of putting it together. Like, but they just beat three ranked teams in a row last week, last month. I mean, okay, you beat Mizzou. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a team that like scraped out a win against Kansas State. And then, like, this is not a good SEC. As I was saying, there are seven and nine against Power Five components that SEC, that win for Mizzou over Kansas State is their best win of the season outside the conference like you know this conference has been dominant for 15 years but if you just look at what happened this year i mean they're not that great you know they're and this is a team in alabama that has struggled for literally half their games and you know milrose coming on but he didn't complete half his passes against georgia and their big touchdown in the first half was just georgia electing not to cover a wheel route Period. Yeah, like, he blamed that is he blamed that on on Raylan Wilson, which Raylan Wilson should should take notes that your coach just threw you under the bus, saying we had a freshman <laughs> linebacker but, in there. Who's but what I'm but what I'm saying is like they, it's not like these teams play the kind of game that we saw in Michigan Ohio State, right? Like you look at that game and you're like, how is anyone going to do anything against these defenses? And then when someone does do something against these defenses, like wow, great play, Marvin Harrison Jr. is an alien. It wasn't, oh, look, the running back is not being covered on third and a billion. Like, Mm -hmm. I I just feel like Jesse Minter can get to Jalen Milrow's head. Like, we saw the blizzard of coverages he put against Kyle McCord in one of the most sophisticated passing offenses in America. And what is that going to do to Jalen Milrow? And what you worry about, of course, is that Jalen Milrow is basically baby Vince Young, where his athletic package is out of this world. But also, this is an Alabama team that gave up 300 rushing yards to Auburn, which had no threat of a passing game whatsoever. And they had a quarterback. They had two quarterbacks, one of whom was the passing threat who didn't pass. Um, And they were able to gash that run defense. And if you go to PFF and you look at what their grading is, the guys on the interior of their defensive line are all just guys. Like Michigan has played a much better interior run defense the last two games than they will see against Alabama. There's something like 60th in rushing EPA per play on defense. So this is going to be a situation where, you know, that orgy package, I want to see that. I want to see orgy out there with Mullings and Edwards, and I want to see 10 to 12 snaps of that. And I want to see Ooh, help. Really? Yes. Yeah. JJ running the well, I want to see JJ run the ball too, but what I want to see is so much quarterback running the ball that I don't want JJ to do all of that. Okay, all right, I guess I can so go. And, and like, and you know that at some point Alex Orgy is going to drop back to pass off play action, and that guy is going to be as wide open as Roy Roundtree mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> in the Illinois game. In any game, <laughs> real quick, guys, because we got a couple minutes. Because I got to get out of here. Just a, a couple thoughts on Michigan basketball. Uh, before we get out here, we'll spend more time on it next week. But, yeah. you know, Big Ten play underway. They drop a close one to, to Indiana. What do you 
your your thoughts so on this Michigan football basketball Sam. team. <laughs> <laughs> we had a we had a in the break we talked about the portal. You don't want to talk about the portal. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I, Indiana was so, without their point guard. This was an opportunity, another opportunity after Oregon was without their centers. It was opportunities to beat a team when they're not at their best. And, you know, they two close games that they just they can't win these things at the end. And those games like, shouldn't have been close, though. Yeah. yeah. So the, the problem with this team is that their defense is far less than some of its parts. Like they are That's something like a hundredth in Ken Palm. That no, they're the worse than that. They're one uh, thirty-three. One thirty-three. Yeah. You got Terrace Reed. You got Kamwa. You got Namari Burnett, and you have the number one hundred thirty-three defense in America. If that doesn't get fixed by the end of the season, it's really time to start questioning what's going on with the coaching. Well, you know, early. Is, I'm sorry, Brian. Go ahead. This is a team that going into the season, like, well, how are they going to score? but they should have a pretty good defense. And then, yeah. I mean, you're taking guys off the number one and number two teams in America in defensive efficiency last year, and you're replacing a guy like Dickinson, who is not a good defender with, with a guy who should be a good defender, and you're exponentially worse on defense. I mean, at that point, you got to start look at internally if you're the coaching staff. Well, I mean, at the beginning of the year, we were, uh, I mean, I think our view was, you know, Michigan this year might look like Rutgers. Yeah. And early on, it became clear, no, we're Iowa. And in fact, our our data at this point on Ken Palm is identical to Iowa. Well, right. we're no. Iowa because we got Shedder out there instead of Jackson. And Jackson has not been what he was expected to be. And he's almost unplayable at times. So you got Shedder right. out there, and he's a different. He's a very different kind of player. He's going to be an offensive yeah. player. Yeah. We got to jump. We got to jump. We got to scoop right. guys because we got to get over to uh, over to Blake with the round table. This is an outrage. Taking <laughs> <laughs> us jump. off. I want to talk Will Cheddar. I'm we going. I'm going in the portal, Sam. Discussion <laughs> next week with the round table crew. So guys, appreciate it, and we will get back to you next week. To the rest of you. We'll see you on the other side with Mr. Blake Corum. Stay tuned here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTK, the ticket.